Hi, I'm Ashley Cooley, a birth baby and sleep educator and mom of three. Ever notice how much information there is out there on what's best for your baby? Trying to sort through it all might leave you feeling overwhelmed and frustrated to say the least. This show is dedicated to helping you clear out the noise so you can figure out what will work best for your baby and your family. No more outdated or unsolicited advice. We're here to break down what it takes to raise well-adjusted, securely attached, and happy babies. Having worked with countless families over the years, including my own, the information and strategies I'll share are based on these experiences, my extensive training, and we're even going to back it all up with some science. We all want what's best for our children. Our decisions regarding their care and upbringing reflect that. I'm not here to judge you on the decisions you make, but I am here to help you make those decisions informed ones. We are here to share information and give practical tips to help you get through baby's first year and beyond. If you're looking to learn more about your baby, gain more confidence in your parenting, and get as much sleep as you can through it all, you've come to the right place. Bringing up baby is about to get a little easier. How could I get a podcast off the ground without first talking about probably the hottest commodity during baby's first year, sleep. There will be a lot of discussions around sleep over the life of this show, but we're going to start with a myriad of reasons why your baby wakes so often so that you can help set them up for getting those longer stretches. Waking frequently during the night is one of the most common concerns parents have about their child's sleep, and we're going to dive into all of the reasons this could be happening. For instance, a lot of what can wake baby up comes down to their physiology. They need nutrition, so we're going to look at whether or not we can help curb hunger during the day to help with overnight. They need to stay comfortable, so their temperature plays a role. Here we'll uncover the best temps to sleep in and what baby can wear to sleep. They need to expel waste, and yes, sometimes there's a diaper situation, so we'll look at how to deal with that. They need to be healthy, or relatively healthy, because the signs and symptoms of illness can definitely cause disruptions in sleep and baby would likely have higher needs overnight in those cases. And in some cases, there may be an undiagnosed physical issue that can cause sleep disruptions, so we'll dive into a little bit of that as well. The other reasons for babies waking overnight that we'll explore today come down to their sleep environment, their daily sleep schedule, and how they're able to fall asleep initially. But before we get into all that, a little disclaimer that any reference to age refers to a baby's true or adjusted age. This means that if a baby was born more than a week before his or her due date, it's usually best to adjust their age based more on their estimated due date when it comes to expectations regarding being ready for certain things like solid food, reaching milestones, including sleep ones. So let's keep that in mind as we move forward. Okay, so sleeping in short stints is common and natural to all babies, but especially those under six weeks of age. During these first few weeks, newborns need to feed frequently to meet their big growth demands, but they also don't have their own functioning circadian rhythm yet. Our circadian rhythm, which is our internal body clock that basically tells the body when to sleep and when to wake up, is largely based on hormones and light exposure, or lack thereof. Think about it. Babies are in complete darkness when they're in the womb, until one day they aren't anymore. There's no way we can expect them to just sleep when we want them to, so it's important to expect short stints of sleep through the day and night for the first month or so, at least. While many babies begin to have slightly longer stretches of overnight sleep by the six to eight week mark, it actually takes closer to four months before we see baby sleep patterns and processes become more mature. So for the first six to eight weeks, basically expect lots of necessary wake-ups for those newborns. 
Unfortunately, this time frame is also when fussiness and crying tends to peak, but that's another story for another episode. After this stage, of course your baby still needs to eat at least a couple times overnight, but frequent waking outside of this can still be a thing. It would be common to expect your baby to still wake up for one to two feedings, and sometimes more, for up to six months or more. But many babies will drop feedings, and most healthy babies can do without overnight feeds by eight to nine months, if not sooner. Remember, there's a wide variety of what to expect here, and there will be many more discussions around feedings and sleep in future episodes. But for today, we're going to cover some other reasons your baby will wake overnight. But because frequent wake-ups are common and necessary for infants, for the rest of this episode, we're going to mostly refer to babies over four months of age, where wake-ups can and often are still happening for feedings. But generally speaking, with that aside, we want babies to sleep as long and as comfortable as possible, what we in the sleep world like to call more consolidated night sleep. Why do we want more consolidated night sleep, you ask? Well, there can be lots of reasons for this, but from the sleep perspective, It can mean longer stretches in deep non-REM sleep. This is where cells rejuvenate, the body restores itself and rebuilds strength in muscles, bones, and the immune system. After four months of age, most babies are able to and benefit from at least one longer stretch of or consolidated sleep. And usually this happens during the first half of the night. This is often when baby will get into a deep sleep and stay there the longest before needing to wake up, say, for a feeding. And there are usually more, you know, a few more sleep cycles, which are essentially periods of lighter sleep and periods of deeper sleep before baby wakes up for the day. They may or may not wake after each sleep cycle, but that depends on the baby, much like it depends on the person. We adults also go through all these sleep cycles, and sometimes we remember them, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we can just roll over, other times we have trouble getting back to sleep. Um, So we're helping our babies to learn all of this. Now let's dive in so that we can start helping baby get some longer stretches of sleep. Again, this is for the older crowd, over four months of the true adjusted age. But of course, these reasons for waking can still explain the wake-ups for infants. But as we went over before, it wouldn't be appropriate to try and restrict baby's wake-ups during a much different time in their development. What we'll dive into now is largely based on older babies who have the capability of sleeping longer, but they maybe just don't. First, let's talk about temperature. A comfortable temperature for sleeping is usually around 18 to 22 degrees Celsius, give or take. Coincidentally, keeping temps around 18 to 22 degrees in general for your baby is recommended for safe sleep. But what's interesting for lots of people to know is that our core body temperatures lower at night to actually help us sleep. So sleeping in cooler temps, or what we might consider cool, is actually really beneficial. But if your baby is too cold, that can certainly cause for some disrupted sleep. A good thing to note here is that it's common, especially during the cooler months of the year, for you to notice that your baby's hands are a little chilly when you're tending to them in the night. This does not necessarily mean that they are too cold though. So what you can do to see if this might be the reason they could be waking is to place your hand just between their shoulder blades under their shirt, just at the base of the neck. This area is going to be more indicative to what their core body temperature is rather than the ends of their extremities. So their hands could be feeling chilly, but they themselves could be at a very comfortable temperature, which is ultimately what matters here. 
But alternatively, if your baby is too hot and you feel it here, you'd feel they could be, you know, their temperature could be really soaring um, or they could even feel sweaty. That's actually not a good thing either. Your baby being too hot can make them too sleepy and that is a very unsafe situation. So we want to keep babies comfortable and safe. So keeping the temperature between 18 to 22 degrees or more on the, the lower end of that while you're sleeping is perfect. But what should your baby wear for sleep? when this is the temperature. Usually they they just need like one extra layer beside their pajamas. So that could be pajamas with maybe an extra onesie underneath, helping them to stay warm, a sleep sack or something of the like. So having a little extra layer with their pajamas, temperatures around here is usually perfect. Too much light coming into the room is another reason your baby might be waking. Now, at the time of year of this recording, it's pretty dark for most people's bedtimes and wake-up times, but this is a common reason for those short, disrupted naps. So I generally don't recommend that everybody use blackout blinds for their babies to sleep, but some definitely do benefit from complete darkness. Generally speaking, though, just keeping things as dark as can be is a great idea because this is what helps our bodies produce melatonin, our sleep hormone. So if you're feeding your baby overnight, when you go to pick up your baby, to feed your baby, try to use as little light as possible if you need any at all. But certainly if you have to change a diaper or do something, we want to see what we're doing. So just having like a a nightlight on while you're doing what you need to do and keeping it off during sleep times, that can be helpful. I'd rather use like a soft lit lamp um, or a dimly lit lamp than the overhead lights that are going to be definitely brighter. You could even maybe put the hall light on and keep the door open just to crack again just enough so that you can see what you're doing but at all other times when it's meant to be bedtime or we're meant to be sleeping keeping things as dark as possible can be really really helpful trying to help your baby get sleepy or have an earlier bedtime keeping the lights off and dim in your home in the evening leading up to that time can have a really positive effect. And if you are looking to totally black out the room, but you don't want to invest in blackout blinds or curtains, there are some pretty decently priced travel ones that you can get off Amazon or just use tinfoil. Putting tinfoil around the edges of the window, for instance, where light might be seeping through can be super helpful, but also be mindful that other toys or gadgets in the room, like monitors, sound machines, they can have lights on them as well. And all of those add up. So again, remember that usually a tiny bit of light is isn't a problem, but if it's too bright or if it's in their line of vision from where they're sleeping, minimizing it can certainly help. We already talked a little bit about hunger as a reason for waking, but for the older babies, say above like eight or nine months of age, who are still feeding more than say once a night, many parents worry that eliminating these overnight feedings will decrease their overall consumption in the run of the day because those babies aren't eating as well during the day. Essentially, moms or parents are concerned that because their baby isn't eating well during the day, that they really should be feeding them overnight to compensate. But oftentimes, it's actually the opposite of what you might think. The baby's not eating well during the day because of all the calories they're taking in overnight. Now, you definitely want to check with your baby's doctor before eliminating any overnight feeds. But sometimes tackling the daytime feedings to ensure baby is getting enough of what he or she needs during waking hours can help to decrease the need overnight. Okay, another reason can actually be 
dirty diapers. Generally speaking, many babies will wake up because of a dirty diaper, but once they're past the early infancy stage, like after those first couple of months, generally speaking, most babies aren't dirtying the diapers overnight as much. Still still urinating, of course, but if we can help eliminate an extra step, an extra wakeful step, like changing their diaper overnight and waiting until morning, that can really help keep them into that sleep mode. If you need to change your baby's diaper though, if you do tend to them in the night and you notice it's a dirty diaper, what I like to tell parents is to go in and be a night ninja. <laughs> so what that means is you're just gonna go and change the diaper as quickly and quietly and with as little light as possible and then get right back into the feeding or helping them fall asleep or putting them back down to the room and leaving, whatever you're doing for them to be sleeping. Changing the diaper should be very little interaction and, and still keeping things dark, cool, comfortable, in sleep mode. When it's nighttime, we're in nighttime mode. When it's daytime, we're in daytime mode. And all those things can really help for the young babies, the infants that are still struggling with the whole day and night situation, but for older babies as well, so that they know that nighttime is for sleep. Okay, another reason, a more of a serious reason, of course, for waking overnight is if your baby isn't feeling well, if they're sick, if they have a fever or a cold, there's something else health-wise going on. We obviously need to take care of those things. So this is really just a bit of a note to say that if your baby has a cold, if they have a stuffy nose, if they have an ear infection or they have a fever, they have a cough, they have something going on, they're probably most likely going to be waking up more in the night and just having more disrupted sleep in general because their their life is disrupted by this right now. So it's just important to know that for anyone who might have a baby who is sleeping more independently or maybe you're working on more independent sleep habits, if ever your child falls ill or sick during that time or after that's happened, it's not a time to, to sort of force any kind of independent sleep or longer stretches of sleep or anything like that. Definitely we want to um, be there for our babies. Extra comfort, extra cuddles, extra feedings, um, probably needing helps a lot of times to fall asleep again, even if you weren't doing that before. So it's just a kind of time to reset and do what you need to do. But when they're feeling better, um, you can absolutely resume habits or, or things you had going on before, but you got to wait until they're back to their old selves. And they might even take longer naps or need to sleep more during the day. And you should absolutely let your child do that. Sleep when they need to sleep. It's going to help with their recovery, but it'll actually also help with their overnight sleep as well. Piggybacking a little bit off of that last point is if your child might have an undiagnosed physical issue that could be causing sleep disruptions. Reflux is a big reason for disruptions in sleep, as is uh, mouth breathing. If your baby primarily breathes through their mouth or even might snore really loudly, hearing little snores or noises from your baby is very common, especially in the infancy stage. But if your baby is snoring and you can you know, hear it down the hallway, um, or and again, primarily breathing through their mouth, that can actually be an indication of enlarged tonsils or adenoids. So these are things that you would want to check in with your doctor about. These are things that are, are treatable and can, you know, good sleep can still come from them when they're treated, but they do need to be looked at first. So that might be something if you suspect anything like that going on, um, a little visit and check in with the doctor. 
So a big reason why many babies are waking up unnecessarily, other than needing your help to go back to sleep, is actually because they're not getting to bed at the right time. An appropriate bedtime for babies over four months of age is usually anywhere between 6 to 8 p.m. What actual time your baby should go to bed at night will depend on their age and how long it's been since their last nap. Trying to keep a firm bedtime regardless of sleep cues or wake windows, which is how long your baby has been awake for, can be a recipe for disaster when it comes to night sleep. Because if your baby is overtired, it can sometimes make it hard for them to fall asleep, but it almost always makes it tougher for them to stay asleep. So making sure your baby is on the right schedule for their age and stage is really important here. Lastly, your baby could be waking more at night because they're not napping well during the day. This too plays a big role when it comes to overnight wakings, but what does it even mean to nap well? For babies between four to six months of age, I generally recommend sticking to their awake windows. This might be anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours, but following your baby's sleep cues, like yawning, rubbing their eyes, zoning out, or having their hands around their ears, if they're doing those things around, you know, that hour and a half to two and a half hour range within that time, it can be really helpful in helping you determine when to put them down. For babies over six months, I usually recommend having them nap around the same times every day as it really helps to get in line with their natural sleep rhythm. This changes as they grow, but wake windows do tend to get longer. So for instance, between six to eight months of age, your baby might be awake from say an hour and a half to two hours earlier in the day and up closer to three or three and a half hours towards the end of the day. Between nine to 12 months or more, wake windows increase even more. So it might they might be closer to like two to three hours in the morning and get as long as about four hours or so towards the end of the day. So as we've just explored, there are many reasons your baby is waking overnight. But if you've exhausted all your resources and have eliminated any other possible reason for your baby to wake, yet he or she is still doing it, it could quite possibly be happening because they don't know how to do it themselves yet. If your baby is being rocked to sleep or fed to sleep or bounced to sleep or jumping up and down with a skip rope while you're twisting a balloon and making a cake. (laughs) If it takes something to help your baby to fall asleep and they are waking up frequently, like could be every couple of hours sometimes, sometimes it might be every 45 minutes, might be every two hours, overnight and they are above four months of age and they are growing well, gaining weight, following their curve as they're expected to and are otherwise healthy They might still be waking and feeding overnight, but all those other wake-ups are unnecessary. You know what I'm talking about here. So in these instances, when you've exhausted all those other resources, you've, you've gone through it all and said, okay, I've eliminated all these reasons. It's dark in the room. It's nice and cool. Their temperature's good. They're feeding well during the day. They're napping well. They're all of these things. And still there's those wake-ups are happening. If your baby is going to bed and falling asleep initially with help, then how can they be expected to fall back asleep in the middle of the night without help? And so we say, well, let's not get them to wake up in the first place, but they're waking up because they're getting into a lighter state of sleep. So we all have 
sleep cycles where we fall asleep and we go into a deep sleep and then we kind of briefly wake up or get into this lighter state of sleep and can briefly wake up. Uh, A lot of us as adults, we tend to fall back asleep or roll over. Sometimes we don't even remember that that's happened. But when that happens with babies and they don't know that they can just roll over and go back to sleep or, or get back into a deep sleep themselves, they are going to wake more fully because they're kind of realizing that they are no longer being rocked to sleep or fed to sleep or bounced to sleep or doing all of the things to sleep. So they cry out, they call out for you to get back to doing those things that you do to put them to sleep because they want to go back to sleep too. Now, I'm not saying that you should not do these things to help your baby to fall asleep. For newborns, infants, I mean, any baby for that matter, it really depends on lots of things, but you should absolutely feel like you can and should help your baby to sleep. Babies need help to sleep. They are born with the ability to sleep, but they are not born knowing how to do it. It's our job as parents to help them with their sleep. Now, there may come a time or there can come a time for some babies, if it's right for some families, to help them learn those independent sleep skills because it is a skill that they do need to learn, but there can be a time and a place for that. Again, today's episode is really about the reasons, knowing the reasons, understanding the reasons why your baby is waking through the night so we can understand more about our babies and what's going on. Now, before we wrap things up, I'd like to introduce a segment called Mental Health Minute. This is where we'll look at our topic in each episode and relate it to our mental health. Many, many parents, and I'll say it, moms, who are usually the primary caregivers overnight, will worry that their baby is waking overnight because of something they did or didn't do. We can really beat ourselves up trying to figure out why our baby is waking and what we can or quote unquote should be doing to help them sleep better. Also, not to mention that not getting enough sleep as parents can really affect our mental well-being. When we don't get enough sleep, we are more likely to react or overreact to things. We might be quicker to anger or feel irritated, and our ability to parent in a way that fosters secure attachment and bonding may suffer. So yes, sometimes helping your baby sleep better is to help you sleep better, and that is not selfish. It's not even just about survival. It's about thriving. Remember that frequent wake-ups are very common, normal, and necessary for the newborns and infants under four months of age crowd. And you don't even necessarily have to take all of this as a sign that you need to change anything. This is about information, giving you the tools to understand your baby's needs so you can do what you need and want to do with it. And that can really improve your mental health. Looking for more? Check out birthbabysleep.ca where you'll find new baby resources, prenatal classes, and sleep help during the childhood years. You'll also find me on Facebook and Instagram at birthbabysleep. Don't forget to subscribe and remember to leave a review or a rating so that others can find us. I'm Ashley Cooley and we'll see you back here next time.